Hello, everyone. Ooh, howdy, hey, hi, hello. I'm Midgie. And I'm Risa. And you're listening to The, the Sequel Channel. Channel. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> and the crowd goes, wow. Wow. Crops all around. Hi guys! Hello! We're back with another spooky episode. Ready for the spooks? Spooky, scary, skeletons, shivers, and What are we talking about today, Yuchi? We are talking about five spooky, scary Disney channel episodes each disney episodes yeah yeah and this just kind of means that we're talking about anything that falls under the disney umbrella that's spooky right right but it's like a tv show yeah Mm -hmm. specifically tv show any kind of disney tv show that has a spooky episode Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to basically talk a little bit about the show, just a little synopsis of what the show's about, and then we're going to go over the actual details of the episode, and then we will give a few fun facts, and we will be rating each other's episodes. Yes, sir. Yes, so we actually don't know what we picked. I don't know what Rissa picked, and Rissa doesn't know what I picked. Yeah. Also, I might not have a fun fact for every single one. That's fair. That's fine. But there's fun facts, maybe. Probably. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Mine's just little things. I mean, my notes are very short. Also, wanted to note that we will be sharing any of the pictures that we note in our storytellings um in our instagram mm-hmm. and an instagram post yes yeah sure so for the people that are like just on our instagram that post isn't gonna make any sense but to you guys it will i'll have a nice little caption with it no we should leave them completely <gasps> unaware oh my gosh beautiful yes that's it right. nailed it well would you like to start no i will you start oh okay all right, fine. <laughs> All right. So, call me beep me if you want to reach me. <gasps> oh, my God. It's impossible. Whatever you need, baby. Oh, my God. Kim Possible. We're calling Kim Possible, okay? Dude. Oh, my God. But this time, we're going to make it fucking spooky. We're talking about Kim Possible Season 1, Episode 19, October 31st. Okay. Yeah. So the whole thing starts out with um what is his fucking name? Oh what God. year was it? Do you remember? The episode? Yeah. Um I could probably look it up, but so not probably off the top like, of my head. Yeah, that's okay. Um but I mean it's season one, so it's fucking it's old. Fucking old. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. All right, so World. Duff 
make something. I don't remember what he is. He's like a Irish stereotype for a right common. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's like got this thing called the um fucking centurion project centurion project mm, okay and dr dragon and shigo are like they are trying to buy it off of him they proceed to buy off of him and then like Kim possible shows up she's like fucking no and she basically like gets it mm-hmm. they escape mm-hmm. this like crumbling building but the centurion project like infects like her bracelet that she's wearing like oh. her little communication bracelet thingy oh snap and so Basically, they, like, go back and they're, like, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. And, like, Ron is trying to, like, get Kim to go, like, trick-or-treating with him. Mm-hmm. But – because it's, like, always been a tradition. They've always gone together. But, like, Monique is, like, throwing a party this year. Josh is going to be there. And she's like, oh, my God, I have to go see Josh. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I fucking love Josh. <sighs> oh, my God, um, Josh. So she's like, uh, okay, I'm going to lie to Ron and tell him that I'm going to my mom's charity Halloween thing. and so she does that and when she lies the she her hand turns into a robot hand it's like cyber hand oh my god cyber pinocchio it's literally cyber pinocchio all right i know i love it it's crazy oh my goodness (laughs) and they literally make a nod of a joke about cyber pinocchio at one point also just to say i don't think that kim deserves ron just saying oh my gosh we're gonna have to talk about that in the episode that we do about Kim Possible that probably we'll do at some point but all right so basically her mom overhears her and then she gets all excited like oh my god she's gonna come and then she fucking lies to her mom too and then she gets a robot arm so she goes to the party she starts like just getting like nervous and more anxious they realize that like the guy that she calls Wade, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. his name, yeah. Um, she He, like, says to her that it's link, obviously linked to stress. And mm. she was like, but I was literally fighting Shigo and was doing all this stuff. And I wasn't – and this didn't happen to me. And he was like, well, clearly lying makes you more stressed than mm. fighting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, T. Mm. I was like, R- heard, read. Anyways, basically – she realizes that the party or sorry that um the halloween like celebration thing at the hospital charity thing that right. my mom's doing is on the news because dr draken and Trigo are there and meanwhile fucking ron's been kidnapped by um the the um freaking duff guy and she um or yeah so yeah, she goes to the charity thing and is like trying to convince uh, or trying to like fight them and like um then everyone realizes that Kim was lying to everyone oh and so she God. gets fucking hella called out <laughs> for being a liar. Hell yeah. And then when she tells the truth, she like reverts back and then she go and her start fighting again. Oh my goodness. But ultimately <laughs> the whole fight fucking stops a bitch because Doctor or sorry, her dad Talks to Dr. Drake and is like, I need to have a word with my daughter. And the whole fucking thing stops because of that. And they got, they, <gasps> Shigo and Dr. Drake and get arrested. Oh my they're God, like, Mr. Possible. They're like literally, all, like, literally like shading him for lying to her parents. And Kim gets grounded and like all this stuff happens and they basically God. make her feel like shit for Jarhan. Damn. 
<laughs> for um yeah lying wow. so it's really like basically like don't fucking lie because mm-hmm. if you lie your parents mm-hmm. will not like you and even villains won't like you because nobody likes liars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow <laughs> but it was like a, it was like a spooky because like they went to a halloween party yeah <laughs> <laughs> spooky by association <laughs> october 31st Ooh. It all happened on October 31st, so it was like, oh, sad. it was Halloween, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Don't fucking lie. Don't fucking lie. Okay, literally Cyber Pinocchio. Cyber Pinocchio. Cyber Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. That's so crazy. Is there anything you, anything else you would like to say about your Kim Possible episode? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. I just was curious. All right. I did like it, but like honestly, I will say I I picked this one because it was a little nostalgic for me because I hella loved Kim Possible when I was a kid, mm-hmm. a wee tot. Um so I went back this to this season because I was like, I remember watching Kim Possible when it came out when I was a kid. Yeah. And I remembered this episode mm-hmm. when I first started watching it. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I remember this. I love that. And then like halfway through, I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is bad. I was like, this isn't even like a Halloween episode. Like, li- like it literally is only spooky because they went to a Halloween party. Yeah, yeah. there's like no actual spooky. There's no actual like spooky plot to it at all. Oh or any sort of like spooky villain or anything like that. Like wow. Halloween themed villain or anything. But, wow. you know, I uh, I picked it for nostalgia reasons. Yeah. So I, mean, um, I had to. That's um, fair. But yeah. It'd be like that. All right. Next. My first one that I'm going to talk about is from Phineas and Ferb. It is called That's the Spirit. It's season three, episode 22. And it came out September 30th, 2011. Just 12 years ago now. So Phineas and Ferb. That show is so much older than I, I thought. I know. It's crazy. I know. And if anyone doesn't know, Phineas and Ferb is a show revolving around two brothers who are actually step-siblings. I, I didn't... I thought they were actual just brothers. I didn't realize they were step-siblings. Um, and during their summer vacation, they get into wild adventures while their pet platypus is actually a secret agent working to thwart the evil Dr. Doofenshmirtz. I didn't explain the plot to Kim Possible because if you don't know what Kim Possible know, is about, you really shouldn't be watching this <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I will just say, like, I might not explain any of them, That's any of the fair. plots or any of them, because That's if you're fair. not watching these, then you really shouldn't be listening to this I'll be, I'll be giving plots because some of the shows that I talk about are also a little newer. No, no you're fine. Yeah, I'm so. just explaining. <laughs> Get out. So, <laughs> in the beginning of this episode, we open on Halloween night. Okay. The brothers are out trick or treating with their friends. What are they dressed up as? Phineas is a vampire. Ooh. Ferb is Frankenstein's monster. Work. Um, Bajit 
is a daisy. Cute. And uh, the girl is a fairy princess. And the mean guy, I always forget his name. He's dressed as a pirate. The guy who's like mean but not mean. (laughs) The girl and the mean guy. Yeah. (laughs) You know. You know them. You know know them. We love them. It's the sunshine grumpy trope. (laughs) (laughs) They stumble across a haunted house that they've never seen before. And they are like, you know what? Let's go investigate this. And at the same time, we cut to Perry, who is leaving the group. And Perry gets a order from his boss. And they're at a Halloween party. <laughs> is he dressed up? <laughs> Him and his, like, assistant are dressed as each other. Uh, wait, Perry? No, the... Oh, his the, boss. Oh, his boss. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. And the guy with the glasses, they dress as each other. That's funny. And so the guy who's dressed as the boss answers the call. He's like, Perry! <laughs> In a terrible voice. He's like, we have an order. He's like, I bet you didn't even realize it wasn't him. <laughs> it's like, no, we realize. Um, but apparently Doofenshmirtz is up to something. And there's weird crop circles that are getting reported on the news. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's like, we don't know what that is. So then we go back to the haunted house. Because in these episodes, it usually goes back and forth between the two plots. Yeah. And outside the house is a little boy. He's like, oh, me and my parents just moved here. And he was like, you don't want to go inside. This house is haunted. And then it's just like spooky noises coming from the house. And so they're like, let's go. Let's go investigate. Ghosts aren't real. <laughs> Phineas and Fur were like, eh. Yeah. And so they go in. And they get into the house and the floor drops from underneath them. And then they drop into like a graveyard swamp. And it's massive. And everyone's like, wow, the inside of this house is a lot bigger than it looks. (laughs) Meanwhile, Perry has found Dr. Doofenshmirtz in his house and he's chained himself up to the wall. Kinky, right? (laughs) <laughs> raise eyebrows well he says apparently he's declared war on grass and things aren't going well what he did is he was like who else doesn't like grass he said cows so I took a cow and I gave that cow a piece of my mind literally but it backfired somehow and then the moon hits Dr. Doofenshmirtz and he becomes a were cow oh my god he becomes a fucking were cow and he's rabid oh my god and he's out there literally creating crop circles and eating all the grass in the tri-state county area oh my god just fucking up all the grass golf courses destroyed (laughs) man he declared a war on grass so then we go back to the house and the kids are starting to be like okay this is getting spooky and then like skeleton people start coming after them and zombies pop out of the swamp and are chasing them and they do not look fake. They look very real comparatively and they are freaking out. And then at one point Ferb, the one who doesn't really talk a whole lot, he goes, if you have a pumpkin for a head, what did you look like when you were alive? 
And then Phineas is like, wait a minute. And then I think they like throw a rock at it or something, but it, it breaks. It's a robot. And they're like, what? And they realize the, the boy who said, I just moved here with my parents. His parents are like haunted house experts. And they've built a fucking robotic army of zombies in the basement. And they're like, how do you do all this? And then it's just like, oh, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> it was like really spooky. I was like, um, okay. Right? I'm like, this doesn't sound like their normal adventures. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, uh. Meanwhile, Perry is tracking down the cow And... Has to fight the work. <laughs> oh my god. Poor Perry. Perry goes through it the Perry most. and peril. <laughs> Dude. Constant. Constant peril. And then Perry obviously wins. He chains up Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And that's, that's the last you see of it. So Ooh, the, the thing is, there. is Doofenshmirtz is still a cow. That's the real question. Um, they don't even revert him in that episode. No. Oh my god, that's no, funny. I know. That's funny. Um, so like we don't have enough time to do that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and then uh, the kids are like leaving the house now, and they're like, "Thanks for the night. It was really great. Like it was really fun to get scared, and like you guys do great work." Because obviously those kids are builders themselves mm-hmm. in a way, so you know they appreciate the craftsmanship. But then they look back and they're like. This is the part where we get to see something really spooky. And they look back. And then they just, like, deflate the house. It's just, like, a balloon. And the kids are just, like, the the kid from the beginning. He was, like, nothing spooky's gonna happen. It's all real. <laughs> and they're, like, huh, I guess something spooky won't happen. That's crazy. And And then that's it. There's a hundred and forty vacation. Dude. Um, so just some fun, spooky facts because I wanted to keep it kind of in that realm. The dad on that show is voiced by Richard O'Brien. He... Played Riff Raff. Oh my god. In the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's and he was crazy. he was the writer of Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's so crazy. I know. And then because of that, I'm assuming that he still has a good relationship with Tim Curry. Because Tim Curry's been in a lot of Phineas and Ferb's episodes. He's cameoed in quite a few. It's so weird. I know. And then not only Tim Curry, but they actually did, like, a Shaun of the Dead cameo and had those actual actors do an episode. It was, like, Dr. Doofenshmirtz makes, like, a bunch of clones of himself, and they call it the, like, Night of the Living living Pharmacist, because that's what the news people think he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And they have Sean, um, Sean and Ed in that episode. I was like, what the fuck? Hmm, interesting. So, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving right along. Oh, dang. She took my line. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk about an episode that's like more of a short. It's like a nine-minute short, okay? So I might not necessarily count. I'm sorry. That's okay. No. Does it, does it, does yeah, it count? It counts. It counts. Okay. All right. I'm talking about 
The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Season one, episode 19. Mm-hmm. Once Upon an Apple. Okay, first off, have you ever, have you ever watched the show at all? That's like the newer one, right? It is the newer one. Yes, I have watched it. Oh my god. That's that- where the Wahapa came from. Um, dude, oh. the intro to that show is so hilarious. Dude, yeah. There's it is. like a part, there's like parts where like he's just basically like helping story time people with different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorite things was this one where <laughs> he gives Cinderella like a glass like boot. Oh my gosh. Instead of like a, just a glass like slipper. slipper, it's like a whole glass like literally knee high boot oh my god it's so funny and it's like just a bunch of other clips like that Mm -hmm. um in the beginning after like after this insanely long funny intro um we go to the wicked witch who is making a potion uh the the potion for the apple for snow white Mm -hmm. um she leaves to go to give the apple to snow white right and she's like at a crosswalk and she like okay. clicks a button across oh the road, gosh. and like it won't go. So she's like so angry. She's like mad Mashing. pressing this button, and Mickey shows up, and he's all like trying to cross the road. Like, let me help you. And she like does not want his help at all. She's like, get the fuck away from me. But he still tries to help her, despite this. Um, and she calls her. He's like calls her really mean, but decides to sing her a song to try to tear her up. In the middle of his song, he says, "Oh, the, yeah, that's great. Whatever." She like pulls out one of the apples and gives it to him to try to poison him. But like Mickey's like, "Oh, you want me to have this? Oh, that's so nice." And he like walks away, and then he comes back like point five seconds later with a pie, and gives it to the wicked witch. And she's like, oh, this is so nice. She eats the pie. And she's like, oh, what flavor is it? And Mickey's like, apple. And like, she like dies. And then she wakes up and it's like a dream. And she's like, oh, I guess I was, I just, I guess I just was super panicked about uh, and worried about making sure I actually took care of Snow White. But then like Mickey shows up. And then it just like it's a whole bunch of like scenes of oh of her getting killed by Mickey. Oh, it is so God. funny. So um, this is her eating uh, the pie. Wow. And um, there's like another part where he like comes and like tries to help her with the potion, like puts a bunch of pepper in it, and he sneezes, and then the <gasps> potion like splashes all over her face, oh. and she dies that way. There's like just so many funny ways that. And and the animation is so good for this show, honestly. It really is. Um, yeah, they have they made a ride in at Disney that's like that that Mickey, and it's super good. And then at one point, she uh, okay, so like they're basically basically a bunch of clips of uh, Mickey continuously fucking shit up. She eventually Always. is like, um, in. A hospital bed with the <gasps> magic mirror. And um Damn. she was like Um I just wanted to be the fairest of them all and like the mirror is like Snow White used to be the fairest, but now there's a new fairest of them all. It's Mickey Mouse. <gasps> and she gets so fucking angry. So she poisons a banana and tries to give it to him. But he, like, shoots it straight into her mouth <laughs> and kills her. And then she 
poisons a watermelon, but like she falls right onto it and like it splashes all over. And then bitch quit poisoning fruit. Right. Okay. So she sets a huge trap in Mickey's house for him with a whole bunch of like poisoned apples like aiming right at him, but it like fails completely. And when he turns the chair, they all like turn to her. And so she's like faking her death bench on snow white's bench i really hope i can find it okay here it is i love it so much it's so good it's so 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 good um and um mickey comes up and she's like no no please she like starts to literally cry (laughs) she says that she hates him and then no, she's like all you. i wanted was to be the fairest in all the land and, he, and mickey's like well why didn't you say so Aww. and he like takes her to his house and he like gives her a makeover that literally just consists of him putting her in snow white's dress and like she comes out and like <laughs> everyone sees her and like everyone's like <laughs> at her and then <laughs> She all like they put Nikki puts her on a donkey and like the skunks gather around and like ugly mangy dogs and like crows like form around her and Mickey's like crying and like um just like clapping and claps for her and then at the end the wicked witch is like oh thank you so much Mickey you've made me so happy and then it ends. If only. And she fucking explodes at the end. She explodes. She explodes at the end. Oh my god! I, I love this episode so much. <gasps> oh, or, it's so good, dude. It's so good. What it's the- only nine minutes long too, dude. so it's like the perfect like easy thing to just throw on yeah. for for something. So oh it's god, so I good. Love that. It's so funny. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And the air date was August 25th of 2021. So super recent. Okay, yeah, pretty recent. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, is there anything else you would like to... Honestly, most of my things just come from, like, how cool this animation was. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just... It's just really unique. Yeah. Um... (laughs) the intro song like mickey's voice is so unhinged in this show yeah it's like good unhinged you know like it really like comic comatized yes uh his voice and it's super good i love it so much that's uh, my favorite one of my favorite jokes is when mickey runs in after Minnie is like on the ground beating up and he goes wobble this is her with all the animals and everything oh my god it's so funny but yeah just so many funny parts and there's like there's one where he like is with toad ichabod and toad you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. in the beginning of the intro scene and like a lot of classic characters it's just i don't know i definitely will watch, watch a lot more show. of it <laughs> watch more of it yeah yeah watch the show it's really good guys my turn yeah all righty next up on my list is in a little episode from Recess. Mm. Yes. The terrifying tales of Recess. 
It is season six, which was the final season, episode one. Um, and recess, for anyone who is young, because recess is before your time, weird to say, but okay. <laughs> recess follows six elementary kids, which I didn't realize they were in elementary school. The whole time I watched that, I didn't, I didn't think that. Um, they have set up their own government, class system, and laws in school. And each episode often involves one or more of the main characters seeking balance between individuality and social order. Mm. Deep themes for people who are 10 years young. Social order. 10. Fucking 10. 9 and 10. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. But uh, The Terrifying Tales of Recess came out October 31st, 2001. Ooh. So 2001 was the last season of Recess, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it was a three-part episode following the tales of Children of the Corn Chip, When Bikes Attack, and Night of the Living Finsters. So, Children of the Corn Chip, Obviously a play on Children of the Corn. Corn Chip Girl eats an untested corn chip. And she becomes obsessed. She attempts to sneak the corn chips onto the lunch menu. And have everyone else eat these corn chips. But something is up. Okay. And they are like, mm-mm. Nope. Nope. So they try and stop her. And luckily they succeed. But then Chorn Corn Chip Girl turns into a werewolf. Um, and they're like, what the fuck? And then the episode ends on a cliffhanger. So, I think Corn Chip Girl, like, runs into the distance. Oh, no. They defeat Corn Chip Girl, but then one of the Corn Chips got in with the kindergartners, and now they're eating them. So, oh, no. imagine a bunch of five-year-old werewolves. And then that's how that, that bit ends. And then when Bikes Attack was Mikey's bike um, gets left outside during school. And it gets struck by lightning and becomes evil and tries to attack everyone. And they are trying to fend off the bike, but then all the bikes come alive and start to attack. And then the episode ends with a bus pulling up and they're like, oh, we're saved. But then the door opens and no one's driving the bus. Mm, spooky. Spooky. And then the last one, which is my favorite one, um, the gang stumbles upon a Finster graveyard. Finster? A, yeah, you, the teacher. Oh, okay. The lady in the yellow mm -hmm. dress. Yeah. And dozens of fucking Finsters pop out of the ground. And they're all wearing like weird costumes and outfits. Like... 
they're all zombies and they're like chasing the kids and they chase them into the school, into the cafeteria specifically. And Gretchen is just like doing her fucking smart girl shit. And she hooks up the vat of tomato surprise to the sprinkler system. And the tomato surprise melts all the finsters. And they're just like, they have to like stay in the school like overnight. And then the next day, it's like nothing happened. And they're like, did we fucking dream this? But then they go out and they find one of the pairs of glasses. And that's how the episode ends. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's for 2001, you know. It was cool concepts. Yeah. And good parodies, I think, for what they were trying to do. And I think it's cool because um, I found out that apparently Finster's last name comes from the German word sinister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so Butch is like a kind of character in the show who's not really around a whole lot. But he's kind of like narrating through each of the stories in this episode. And every time Butch comes on, they play the soundtrack of Vertigo, which is like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a little spooky element that they throw in there. And this was their first and only Halloween special. Interesting. Um, Because after the sixth season, they had two movies that came out after that. And then that was the end of Recess. It didn't do very well. That's the end of Recess, kids. That's the end of Recess, kids. Come back. We got class. We gotta do math. We've got math class. I miss Recess. Yeah, I wish we had Recess at work. Bring Recess to work. Bring Recess to work. Can I start my company? Mandatory Recess. 15 (gasps) minutes. Everyone Everyone. can go, you know, have a little playground. (laughs) It's literally just like a tether ball. <laughs> One tether ball. And then like a chalk drawn hopscotch. It's like a four square. One like basketball. A foam monkey bar. And one dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> Team dodgeball. Outside. Mandatory. <laughs> I really hope you get your anger out at your coworkers. <laughs> But you know what? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge, you dodge a ball. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready? Yeah. Hit me with your best shot. Okay. I'm going to talk about dinosaurs. <gasps> oh, my God. Dinosaurs. I fucking love dinosaurs, okay? Dinosaurs. I'm talking about season one or season four, episode one. Monsters Under the Bed. And I will find the release date for the end of this. Um, But, okay. So, it starts out, they're watching, like, a dinosaur version of Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. where Igor is making mutant vegetables instead of, like, zombies or, like, you know, evil creatures. Because, Mm -hmm. obviously, still a kid's show. They don't want to kind of have that kind of imagery. Yeah. So, they're making mutant squash. And Fran, the mom, comes in, and she's all upset because the baby's watching the show. She's like, 
the fuck? This baby should not be watching this shit. And she's like, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna imprint on him and freak him out. He's gonna be scared. And she like takes him to bed. And of course, he ends up being scared. Um, and respectfully so. Yeah, and he starts to cry for Aww. Fran and um, Earl. And they come, Fran comes in and tells baby that there's no monsters. And Earl this whole time is like hardcore horny and like really mad wants to fuck. Um, so he's like trying to do whatever he can to just shut baby up so he can get a nut in real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fucking terrible. <laughs> but anyway, he gives the baby a bat. To, to protect himself against the monster. And he ends up hitting Earl with it. The dad instead. Um, basically they end up staying. Up the whole night. And they're like oh it's okay. This can't happen every night. But then it literally happens for 15 more nights in a row. So they're like we have to get out of here. We have to have one night of good sleep. Yeah. Or we will literally die. We'll die. Um, so they go to stay at a hotel. They leave the baby with Robbie and Charlene. The two teenagers that they have. And everything immediately starts going bad because Charlene um, goes in and she's like, there's no monsters under the bed. Show me the monster, though, and I will kick its butt for you. Uh And she goes and looks under the bed and she literally gets got by the thing under the bed. Oh, shit. Yeah, she gets literally pulled underneath the bed. Baby's freaking out. Oh, no. And then Robbie comes in because baby starts calling for Robbie. Yeah. And like he has to convince Robbie that Charlene was actually taken and Robbie moves the baby's crib and realizes there's a humongous hole like a pit going down into the ground like 10 feet to the ground oh. Um, and Charlene's down there like calling up for Robbie and they're like okay I guess we gotta go down there oh. and so baby and Robbie go down there and find the monster who's just like a short little stubby guy and like Robbie starts making fun of him oh. and they end up getting caged Robbie and the baby oh. and they're gonna eat all of them oh. like the monster's gonna eat all of them oh my god yeah. oh my. so oh my. um yeah oh my god so Fran comes back to the house with Earl because they weren't answering the phone. Yeah. And okay. um, they end up calling the cops. And oh the while all of this is happening, the yeah. monster in the hole is explaining that um, uh, that family, their family, had built their house on top of his house. And he was very mad about it. He was really upset about it. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he was like, I'm going to eat you guys because of this. He's, like, literally making oh a soup gosh. this whole time. Yeah. Wow. So, um, then we flip back to the parents. And then one of the cops, and I'm going to have to pause this so I can show you the clip of this phone call that oh, happened. fuck. But one of the cops tries to make a, a deal with him, and it goes so bad. Oh, my it God. He, like, escalates. He escalates everything. So unnecessarily, and it's like hilarious, but like also it's just funny. Bruh, <laughs> bruh, 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 the cocking of the gun. There's two cops after they talk to him. They're basically like, hey, we have to go get him because you don't have the guts. He was like basically saying, I mean, you don't have the guts to finish him off. 
and <laughs> the guy was making the soup even faster like <gasps> fastly oh throwing carrots like whole carrots yeah. into the soup and two of the other cops by nearby they're like we gotta go get him and they cocked two shotguns Golly, this, is Disney Plus. this is a Disney Plus show holy guacamole this is Batman. a Disney Plus show um Oh, oh my god. Yeah. It literally is so funny. I literally I died. I literally died watching this episode. Wow. Um but um so at one point during all of this, it flips back to the news channel. Yeah. That they're on. Right. And um they're like they're trying to like they're like one moment for this break. And a fluff candy, like a cotton candy commercial comes on. And, like, everyone in the fucking whole show starts singing along to this cotton candy commercial. Like, stops everything for this moment. And Baby is, like, in the cauldron for the soup. Just, like, sitting, like, in there, like, bouncing back and forth, singing. Um, And and then, after they come back, um, the baby says they should just move the house. Like, he's like, I have a solution. We should just move the house. He does the Patrick's thing. What if we just take Bikini Bottom and move it somewhere else? They literally do that. They So they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes wow. sense. So they literally move the house. And then everything's fine. Wow. 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 This episode wow. aired on June 1st of 1994, two years before we were born. Oh, shiitake mushrooms. Damn, that's crazy. IMBD rated this episode 8.1 out of 10 stars. Heck yeah, dude. It is really, it really is a good episode. Dinosaurs in general, if you haven't watched that show, it's so good. It literally just talks about, like, it's a whole family of dinosaurs. um, And the first episode is literally um, them having another baby um, called the baby. (laughs) It's just the baby. The baby baby earl sinclair is the dad and fran uh is the mom they have two kids charlene and robbie who i've pre-mentioned and they also have a mother molly named ethel who sometimes is occasionally over there um sometimes he hangs out with his friend it's basically like a 1990s co- uh, sitcom but if you set it in like like 60 bc <laughs> like with dinosaurs it's with so dinosaurs. good it's so good we with have to have a whole have thing guns. where we talk about dinosaurs at some point oh, i know yeah. that doesn't have a sequel or anything but like for just we'll content we just dinosaurs. gotta do a deep dive into that show because it's so so good um but yeah unfortunately um it did eventually get um canceled which is why it um had the ending Mm -hmm. for the show that it did Mm -hmm. um which if you haven't seen the ending of dinosaurs i'm not going to spoil that for you i'll save that for the deep dive but um it's fucking crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i love dinosaurs seriously literally watch dinosaurs watch everything i'm talking about I wouldn't mention it if I didn't like it. Me turn? Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to the sweet life. 
of Zach and Cody. Arwenstein? The Ghost in Suite 613. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Ghosty Girl. This was season one, episode 19. Picture it. October 14th, 2005. Ooh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, if it was before your time. That's so crazy to think about. Like, you, sh- you should be watching this, right? Uh, they can. I mean, the sequel channel is explicit in every way. It is. It says it. <laughs> <laughs> the series centers on twin boys who live in a luxurious hotel in Boston with their mom who performs in the lobby. They often cause mischief. 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 So, in this episode... London tells London Tipton is the hotel heiress. She's played by Brenda Song. I love her so much. Zach and Cody hear a rumor from London that there's a ghost in room 613. Okay. They're like, nah. And they recruit. Um, They're like, we want to go check it out, but not really. But then London mentions that she dropped $100 in that room. And so mm. Maddie, London, Esteban, Zach, and Cody all go. They're like, you know what? Let's go. Right? Yeah. And so the whole time, Zach is just like spooking Cody, just like playing little pranks on him. And he's doing it with pretty much everybody. And then at one point, he's like, I bet you couldn't stay here overnight. And then... So, he bets him, you can't stay the night here. Zach does to Cody. And Cody's like, you know what? I'll take that bet. And for some reason, their mom fucking lets them she's like oh you guys can as long as maddie goes maddie or london and they're like okay and so they all go and then esteban since he's been a part of this he chimes in he's like i'll come too and they all get settled and they start they're like let's do stuff to make the time go faster and arwin comes in and he does some ghost hunting with his fancy ghost hunting equipment that he probably made And then Esteban's like, let's do a seance. And I have to show you this gif of his face because I literally scream every time I look at it. Bitch. This fucking zoom in on Esteban's face (laughs) when he's doing the seance and the little fucking hat he wears. That's so funny. The fucking like turban thing. Oh my god. So... They're doing the seance, and shit's getting spooky, and Zach starts getting really scared, and he's like, oh my god, and he's freaking out, and then, boom, it's all a prank. Everyone's just trying to get back at Zach, who's been scaring them a lot, mm-hmm. and they're just like, ha ha ha, and Zach's like, meh, ha ha ha. However, they all leave, 
because they realize, you know, oh, it's fake. And then Zack and Cody has like a blanket with him, but he left it in the room. So him and Zack go back to the room and the actual ghost shows up and hands him the blanket and then fucking goes through the wall. And they're like, oh shit. Wow. Yeah. Well, the thing was the ghost, they said the ghost was like mean and horrible. And then the ghost ended up being like really friendly at the end. Mm-hmm. But still they were like, what the fuck? Hmm. Oh shit. Interesting. That's the ghost in room 613. Spooky ghost. Spooky ghost. Don't be an asshole to your friends. That's what that episode was. True. <laughs> Don't scare your friends or they could try to scare you back. So they they chose 613 for a reason. Um, As a parallel to Friday the 13th. Because 6, the 6th day of the week is Friday. Oh, okay. And then the 13th. Cool. Yeah, so I thought that was really neat. Fun they fact. did that on purpose. And at one point, Esteban makes a Poltergeist reference when he's like, she's here. I love Poltergeist. Dude, so good. Rest in peace. Cursed set. That's a scary oh, ass yeah. fucking Cursed thing set. Dive into. Yeah. That would be cool. And the last thing, just in general, about Zach and Cody as a show, um, Kim Rhodes is the mom. And the actress herself, like, naturally swears like a sailor. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were like, it was so bad at one point they were talking about, like, maybe getting a swear jar. And Zach and Cody were like, nah, we've worked with Adam Sandler. We've heard it all. <laughs> Wow, that's so funny. I was like, oh my god. That's hilarious. I can't imagine what they've heard come out of Adam Sandler's mouth. Probably some really terrifying things. Interesting. <laughs> so, that is the sweet life of Zack and Cody. Sweet life. Secret ghost. Ghost. Getting to right. the good ones here. I can feel it. <laughs> We always save the best two or, you know, last one for last. Best, right? Yeah. (laughs) Words. Best for last. Last last two are best, too. (laughs) Okay. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I'm going to bring it back a little. A little bit of nostalgia. A little bit of, you know, a little bit of wholesomeness. We're talking about. Bear in the Big Blue House. <gasps> Yay! Let's do it our house. Catch the moon in our house. Our house. Oh my god. So, if you don't know anything about Bear in the Big Blue House, what You're the hell? probably young. You're probably very young. Um, But Bear in the Big Blue House is also is by the uh, Henson Studios. Mm, okay. And, I didn't know um, that. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Yeah. So, it talks about a seven-foot-tall bear named Bear. Mm-hmm. And he lives in a big blue house. And he has a variety of different friends, including um, two otters named Pip and Pop. Another little bear called Ojo. 
a lemur called Trilo, a mouse called Tutter, and like other various um, neighborhood friends that they talk to, and then also the moon. He talks to you every night, mm-hmm. and the moon's name is Luna, obviously. <clears throat> and yeah, basically, it's a kid show that um, basically just talks about different like moral things, and mm-hmm. it debuted in 1997. And um, continued to air until 2007. So anyone after that, like growing up after that point, probably had never seen this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's so cute. Like I said, the Henson Company um, did um, own like all of the rights to the show, but in 2004 sold it to Walt Disney. Um, and but it's now owned by Muppet Studios. But it's a subsidiary of Disney because, you know, Monopoly. Um, Monopoly. But yeah, anyways, I'm going to be talking about the amazing episode of season three, episode 11, Halloween Bear. Okay. I love this show so much. We have the iconic entry and then Bear greets us. And he has like a little cat, like old vintagey, like paper mask. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, wow, like you recognize <laughs> me. And he's like, it's Halloween in the big blue house. And I'm like, hell yeah, motherfucker. Hell yeah. It's fucking Halloween, fucking this bitch. Yeah. Um, so he does his nostalgic sniff thing. So if you've never seen Bear in the Big Blue House, he does this thing at the beginning of the show where he'll, he'll be like, I smell something. And he'll like sniff intensely like and like all up in the camera and everything. <laughs> and he'll be like, it's you. And for this one, he is like, um, we smell like pumpkin. Aww. You smell like we just were carving a pumpkin or we were just making a pumpkin pie. Aww. And then he says, or perhaps you smell this sweet and good all the time. Ooh. 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 And I'm just like. Did I have the hots for bear? Oh, <laughs> bitch. So, okay. They're all going to go trick-or-treating together. He's, like, laying out the plans. and But he's got to do all this stuff before he can go and do the trick-or-treating. So he's, like, laying out everything he has to do. And then Pip and Pop, the two otters, come up in little bush costumes. They're literally dressed up like bushes. Mm-hmm. And one has a little ball stuck in the bush. And he's like, yeah, it's a metaphor for how the ball is always getting stuck in the bush. So funny. But they come up to him and basically try to um, scare him. And then Bear teaches us about Halloween and sings um, a song about what kind of costumes you can wear on Halloween. And TV age, it really slaps. It's a bop. It's a bop. It's a fucking bop. I love that. Do you want to hear some of the bits in that song? Yeah, I do. Okay. On Halloween, Halloween, (laughs) there's a creature somewhere on Halloween. You can be anything you want to be on Halloween. Oh my god. I fucking love that show so much. It was such a big part of, like, my childhood and growing up. Like, my mom still talks about it. Like, just how fucking obsessed I was with that show. Bear is such a good singer, too. Like, iconic singer. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Okay, so good. So, moving on along, mm-hmm. Tutter the mouse is being cute AF. Ugh, always. Always. Constant. In, um, 
He's inside a pumpkin and he's dressed up as a little miner. I'm dead. And Bear is like talking to him. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like explaining how he has to get all the pumpkin guts and pulp out the seeds and everything. And he's dressed up like a little miner to do it. It's really cute. Oh, so cute. And so Bear oh. like is like, okay, we can, I'll help you carve the pumpkin. But um, he leaves Tutter to get the pulp out and draw the face on the pumpkin. And mm-hmm. he's like, I got to go find a costume for myself. Mm-hmm. So when he goes to try to find a costume, Trilo and Ojo are in there. And Ojo is dressed up as a bat. And poor Trilo. Trilo just like talks like, mm-hmm. like he doesn't really talk in like a proper English, English or anything. English. English. Um, and poor Trilo does not understand that Ojo is under that bat costume oh like trilo thinks that there's a actual bat in here um and so once he realizes that it's ojo he like stops freaking out and he's like oh i want to be in a costume so uh ojo like and trilo Mm -hmm. go to make a costume together yeah and it's a little bit and um Bear, like, leaves the room without getting the costume box for some reason, but oh and decides to just go talk to Shadow instead. Oh, my God. And Shadow uh, is, like, a cu- character that's also frequently on there. It's literally a Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's a woman Shadow. She sings and tells stories and, like, stuff, sings songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time she sings a song about what Shadows do on Halloween. And um, then when Bear goes back, um, he goes uh, to the kitchen to go carve the pumpkin mm-hmm. um, and then struggles to find a costume at the very end because he remembers he actually has to find one mm-hmm. and then the kids were like oh no no we've we got the perfect we've got the perfect costume for you we've, we we got it and they proceed to dress him up as fucking Goldilocks the bear oh my god and I took some screenshots too. Look at the sass I got. Oh, he, he does a couple hair flips. He's oh. like, I could get used to this. Oh. A drag icon. Oh my god. A drag icon. Bear is so iconic. Iconic. Ugh. Look at Ojo looking at him. Oh my god. Impressed. In awe, I would be too. Same. That okay. is a literal goddess. And is it couldn't get any better, right? You're thinking <gasps> life is already great. Life is so great. Life is plateaued. No, new plateau. <gasps> Tutter in a pumpkin costume. Stop. I'm, I repeat, Tutter pumpkin. Tutter oh pumpkin. Tutter pumpkin. He's dressed up. As a fucking pumpkin. Oh my god, yes, I remember that. He's dressed as a fucking pumpkin. I remember that. Um, Tutter oh is god. iconic. Yeah. Tutter's a legend. Tutter's Str- a god. Straight up. And he is so cute. Literally so cute. And they all go trick-or-treating. And it's... Aww. Oh my god. This episode, is, I just literally... Dead. Beating dead it ass. with a dead face. Like, oh my god. Dead cute. ass. All of it's cute. It's so hard. To- it's so cute. Cute aggression is such a real thing, and I'm feeling that hardcore right now. Cute aggression is real. Um. So yeah, <laughs> sorry for saying it's everything is so cute, but literally this episode is nothing but wholesomeness and adorableness mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, cuteness. Mm-hmm. And then they proceed to go trick or treating, and they sing, 
sweetest little song when they go trick-or-treating oh it's so freaking sweet and they go to each little neighbor's house in the in the neighbor like hood in the in the storyline and man it's just really cute and they all get little treats and then at the very end they trick-or-treat at bear's house Oh my goodness! I he lets the that. kids go inside, and he gives them all treats. Then he goes upstairs uh, to talk to Luna. So and at yeah. one point, Luna brings up the Goldilocks costume. It was uh-huh. really funny. I love that. But yeah, this episode is iconic. Um, if you have kids um, and want to get them into something that's sweet and just wholesome, and uh, it's just a good vibe, dude. It's so good. Like, I mean, I like to think that you and I are actually decent human beings compared to some of the people out there yeah. in the world. And this show is a good reason for that. Yeah. So. This was like probably in my top five favorite kid shows growing up. Yeah. Um, also being on par with Blue's Clues. Um, out of the box. And Oh my God, I love out of the box. Out too. of the box. Um, but yeah, I have to let you listen to the little trick-or-treating song, okay? Okay. Trick-or-treat! Trick-or-treat! Yeah. <laughs> We're going trick-or-treating. Going trick-or-treating. We're wearing scary costumes for everyone to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute like it's such this awesome vibe yeah and if you're sitting here like oh my god like what are you five like bitch the maybe. fuck like maybe okay like sorry i don't want to watch people get shot and people uh, get gawked uh, all the fucking time like yeah news <laughs> who i got bear bro yeah sometimes i just want to watch a wholesome show and not not think about terrible things the world yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Halloween can also just be like, ah, little spooky yeah, ghosts. I know, it's just so fun. A little wholesome vibe. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah, iconic. Wow. So, my second to last is from Amphibia, which is a newer Disney show. This episode is called The Shut-In. It's season two. Episode 12 came out October 17th, 2020. So, Halloween of the pandemic. It's called The Shut-In. Wow. (laughs) So, Amphibia is a show. It follows 13-year-old Anne Boon Choi. She accidentally finds her way into the land of Amphibia which is a world of frogs, toads, and giant insects. And she must adjust to life and discover true friendship. She's a fish? No, she is a person. Friendship. Oh, okay. Not not fish. Okay. <laughs> I thought she was a fish. No. No. She's a she's a thirteen year old child. <laughs> okay. She's voiced by Brenda Song. Oh. Is yeah. this animated? Yes. Yeah. Are they fish? There's frogs. Oh. Amphibia, they're frogs. Okay. Yeah. 
the she lands in the world of amphibia where everyone is a frog person. But she's a human. She's a human, yes. Okay, cool. So they're like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> um, she gets taken in by the planter family. Who's, like I said, a family of frogs. And they help her essentially try and find her way home. And the story gets really convoluted and dark and scary. So I recommend watching it. But this episode is the only non-canon episode in the whole show. That's funny. So, I love this one. It's a little special that way. And it starts with Anne and the youngest kids, the kids of the planters, Sprig and Polly. They are going around door to door and collecting supplies for the shut-in. It is an annual thing that they do in their town to protect themselves from the blue moon. They lock themselves into their houses and entertain each other with scary stories. And Anne's like, this sounds like Halloween. It's a holiday. And everyone's like, it's not a holiday. And Anne's like, this sounds like Halloween. Are you sure? And they're like, no, it's not a holiday. And when they get inside, they begin to start telling their stories so, no, again, this is another three-part episode. The first story Anne tells, it's called Phone Mo. Because when Anne gets transported into this world of frogs, she still has her cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's the only, like, thing that she has from the human world. Yeah. <laughs> um, her phone... Uh, she's like telling the story. She's like, this didn't happen to me, but this happened to the person who had my phone before me. Mm. And she's making it up. But, Mm -hmm. um, apparently there was an evil video going around and people were getting peer pressured to watch it. And she was like, I can't not watch it. So she watches the video. And then I guess after like, I think it's like three days. People start to go missing when they start when they watched the video, kind of like um, the ring. Yeah, it's got that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a YouTube video. Yeah, of a cute cat. Mm-hmm. That's the video that's going around, <laughs> and that would get everyone. Mm-hmm. It would. Um, the evil spirit comes out of the cat morphs out of her phone and is like a hideous beast and it comes to like basically kill her and then she starts being like you're not even real you're not even that cute and and like basically she starts criticizing it and it starts to like get weak and small again and (laughs) she uses the power of criticism (laughs) to win and all of her, all the people who had been going missing, like, pop out of the monster. And it's, like, really gross. And then she's just like, I'm never falling for peer pressure ever again. And then her story ends. <laughs> cool. Um, and then we have Dead End, which is told by Hot Pop, who, who's Bill Farmer. He's goofy. 
um, Hop Hop was a, um, they drive snails in this world, giant snails. That's adorable. Yeah, it's really cute. They have a snail named Bessie. That's fucking cute. Yeah, it's great. Um, Hop Hop used to be like a taxi driver, a taxi snail driver, and he picked up a passenger once, um, and the passenger had a few stops to make. And Hop Hop, he also makes a big deal about it. He had a full head of hair. Mm-hmm. And then the man um, has, like, a bunch of different stops that he's making. And Hop Hop is realizing that, like, things seem a little sus. It seems almost like he's killing these people as they're making their stops. And then finally they get to Hop Pop's house. And he's like, no, don't kill me. He thinks it's death. He's like, don't kill me, don't. And he's like, I'm not here for your soul. And then he takes his hair. And Hop Pop's like, no. And then that's how his story ends. Aww. He's still screaming, no. <laughs> he lost his hair. He lost all his hair. <laughs> and the, the kids are like, that's not scary. That sucks. Yeah. He literally was scalped. Yeah. That is terrifying, arguably, <laughs> the most terrifying thing that could happen to you from, like, some random stranger. I'm not here for your life, but I'm going to scalp you. I'm going to take all your hair. Without your permission. Without your permission. That's terrifying. <laughs> um, And then Sprig tells his story, okay? Sprig's Him, a child, right? Yeah. Sprig, Sprig and Polly are the kids. Um... He tells them of a time of him and Ivy, who is his girlfriend, stumbled Mm. upon a frog um, in the woods who lived in a cabin, right? And they Mm. were just like, what the fuck? What's this cabin? Because they're very, like, adventurous, curious to a fault. Yeah. And the frog that lives there uses sewn together frog skin on its body. This is on Disney Plus. Yes. That's crazy. Dude, I know. <laughs> and they're just I like, want to have a rant right now. Okay, go. You know what? I'm pretty pissed. Because today I was watching an episode of The Muppet Show, TM. And I just want to say that they censored an episode of The Muppet Show, and I don't know why, because I haven't researched that yet, but I do know why they completely banned an episode of Bluey from Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's called Dad Baby. And it's because Bandit, the, the dad, Bandit Healer, if you don't watch the show, he's the dad in Bluey, mm-hmm. a fucking icon, a legend, a, a legend. god. I am in love with him. <laughs> Anyways, mm-hmm. they banned this episode because they he basically like mocks, pretends to give birth to the youngest sister Bingo in the episode. And they banned Disney Plus. Plus, Disney Plus was like, no, we can't show children something like that. Banned. But yet. We can have fucking frogs making fucking suits out of fucking skin. And that's not fucking bad imagery to show children. 
Hold on. I'll show you a picture of these monsters because I have one of all three of them together. I just feel like there's no way to, like, make that not sound scary or not look scary. I mean, look at how fucking spooky they are. Are you... That's on... This is is a show on Disney+. Plus. It's just so weird. It really is. It really doesn't make sense to me. I mean, and they also censored other episodes of Blue. Like, I know it's for preschool kids, so maybe that's the difference. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's still like, it's not like, I don't know, it's, it's just weird. And Muppet Show, the Muppet Show is still different because it's like, it's on par with that show, you yeah. know? Like, I wouldn't say that, like, the content in the Muppet Show is, like, different than, like, or a different maturity level than Amphibia. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the same audiences could watch those shows. So it's just interesting. Anyways, rant over. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But Ivy and Sprig, um, Ivy feels um, a little bit of sympathy because the frog takes its skin off and they realize it's a glass frog. And you can see through glass frogs. And that's why they wear the skin. So, <laughs> but then the frog still tries to kill them. So they beat the shit out of it and burn its house down. Oh, like any sane person would. Yeah, and then they leave. <laughs> and that's the end of that story. Um, but then Polly still doesn't have a scary story to tell. And while Sprig was finishing um, his story, they got a knock at the door and they were like, who the fuck is that? Right. And they're freaking out because, you know, it's supposed to be the shut-in. Everyone's supposed to be put away. And they open the door and it's like a hideous monster. JK, it's Ivy, Sprig's girlfriend. She's just wearing a mask to spook them. And then her and Sprig are like, haha, yeah, this bump. And then she's like, okay, I'm going home now. And then because she's wearing the mask, she's unaffected by the blue moon. And then they go back inside and they realize that Polly went outside because she's like, oh, I don't have a story yet, so I'm going to go get content for a new story. And they're like, Polly, no! And they see her like staring up into the blue moon, and then nothing happens. And they're like, oh, guess we just do this for nothing. This is whole things for nothing, huh? And then the rest of them go back inside. And Polly's just sitting there, and then suddenly she fucking transforms into a monster, bitch. She's a fucking tadpole, and then she turns into this. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, she's like, she goes back inside to be like, look, guys, look, I turned into a monster. And they all scream, and that's how it ends. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I know. That's insane. I, there's seven horror movie references in total in this one episode. That's cool. And just some cool things about the show in general that I think you're going to like. Obviously, this is a show about a lot of frogs, right? Heck yeah. What famous frog do we know? Fucking Kermit the Frog, bitch. So... For advertising for the show, they made shorts featuring Kermit consulting the show's creators and giving them advice. 
Oh. Yeah. And then Kermit also had his own cameo in an episode. And I'll show you. This is what he looked like. And he had a different name, but this was his design. This is Crumpet. I fucking love him. It was the actual voice actor for Kermit. I fucking love him. Yeah. So he had a cameo. Little, little cameo there. That's Crumpet. I stand Crumpet. I know, right? Um, This was the first animated series in history to have a Thai American main character. So Anne Boonjoy, she's Thai. Mm-hmm. Thai American. And Brenda Song is actually Thai as well. And so it's just, it was really cool. Um, this is the second production where Bill Farmer and Wallace Shawn were together since a Goofy movie, which is our next episode coming out on Wednesday. Iconic. And then this was the second time ever, um, this production of Amphibia brought together six members of Gargoyles. 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 So, I really love the show in general. It's it's dark. Like, it is made for an older audience. And the season finale had me sobbing. So, I mean, I always recommend it to, like, older people as well. Just because I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from this show about 13-year-olds. <laughs> so yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. We're down to our last two, y'all. So excited. We saved the best for last, in my opinion. Okay. Hit me with Naturally. your Naturally, I save the best, okay? It's yes. time. It's time to get things started. It's time to light the lights. I'm the Muppet Show tonight. Okay? Yes. We're talking about fucking Muppet Show episode um, with Vincent Price. I love the Muppet Show. If you've never seen the Muppet Show, it is also by the Jim Henson Company. And Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. is like his pinnacle, the pinnacle point of his career, I would say. Mm -hmm. Jim Henson's made a lot of bops and amazing things. But... The Muppet Show is just like something so different than like literally so many other TV shows was were were doing around that time, mm-hmm. um, and it basically just mixed uh, puppetry arts with um, having like guest stars that were very pa- uh, popular during that time, of all different types of occupations and all t- all types of different talents. So from com- comedians to artists, dancers, um, other puppetry artists. Um, they would have these people on to do their acts and they basically like, it's like a stage show, um, where they just have like acts and they do different things and different skits and they have different bits and they do lots of songs and it's with the Muppets and it's literally incredible. So good, dude. Like, so, so good. Something about the Muppet show will just be forever. Like, it's legendary. It's time to get things started. Yeah. It's time to fucking light the lights. Spotlights shine down. Um, so this was released um on January thirty first of nineteen seventy seven. 
How crazy is 1977? that? 1977. 1977. Wait, what was January? January 31st, 1977. My own mother wasn't even born yet. Yeah, it's crazy. I love it's very old. Holy guacamole, Batman. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, it's really old. Jeez. So, um, in honor of guest star Vincent Price, yes. um, this show is filled with monsters, ghosts, bats, vampires, and all sorts of spooky sorts of situations. <gasps> Do you um, mean <clears throat> there's even an appearance from the Count? <laughs> there are many vampires, but not specifically the Count. <clears throat> um, there is a three-headed monster that has like a reoccurring like bit during this episode, um, and auditions for the show. Um, but for the most part, we're just kind of like going along with the spooky theme for the show. Um, this is the first episode in the Muppet Show in which all of the sketches centered around a common theme, which I thought was really interesting and cool. That is cool. So season one, episode 24. Wow. Season mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Iconic. Dang. Literally so iconic, right? Mm-hmm. For the first season of it. Mm-hmm. So um, we have all sorts of amazing sketches for this episode. We start out with... Um, Kermit introducing the show tonight and saying that he promises that there's going to be no craziness and no slapstick humor and no silliness, but Fozzie immediately comes up and hits him with a pie. It's hilarious, of course. <laughs> and then Behemoth begins to sing um, Under My Skin with oh. Shaky Sanchez. Um, and if you don't know who these puppets are, I'll put the po- photos in our Instagram as noted before, but um, basically, he's like a big monster, and Shaky Sanchez is like literally just like a little purple, mm-hmm. shaky Muppet. And they sing the song Under My Skin. You know, I've got you under my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's literally like eating shaky. He's like eating shaky Shan- Sanchez while uh, he's singing oh my the song. God. Um, <laughs> And and at the end, Shaky just kind of accepts his fate, accepts his fate, <laughs> and sings um <laughs> the beginning part of or well one of the parts in a uh, Doris Day's K Sera Sera or whatever will be will be. He literally just like at the end, he's like K Sera Sera, whatever will be will be, <laughs> and then he literally like goes into the mon- the monster's mouth. Oh my god. <laughs> Then backstage, we're like seeing the the three headed monsters be introduced mm-hmm. for the first time, but their their um audition isn't happening yet. So we go back to Hilda, who Hilda is one of the um seamstress seamstress that works in the backstage of the Muppet Show. But she this is the first time that she ever introduces, and the only time she ever introduces a act, and she mentions her homeland, which is in. Transylvania. Oh my goodness. Yes. So Transylvania. Wait, pause. Mm-hmm. Sidetrack. Have you ever seen Transylvania 65000? No. Oh, with Jeff Goldblum? Oh my god, no, I haven't. I love Jeff Goldblum though, so. It's a really, 1985 is when that movie came out. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a good one. You should look into it. Elvira's in it. Cool. But so she introduces the House of Horror sketch. Which is a sketch that has Fozzie Gonzo, 
um, Vincent Price and um, Uncle Deadly. Um, Deadly? He, yeah, Uncle Deadly. Ooh. So, okay. So, Fozzie and Gonzo um, have approached this, like, spooky house. Mm-hmm. And Fozzie is like, Gonzo, I don't like this summer cottage you've rented for us. And Gonzo's like, it looks so much better in the ad. And he, the, Fozzie was like, where'd you look at the ad? And Gonzo was like, the vampire weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and so they soon end up like in the cottage or the little house. And mm-hmm. uh, they have a here knock on the door. And it's Vincent Price. Oh, snap. And Vincent Price is like, I need a room for the night. Um, I'm traveling with a deformed monster and my beautiful assistant. And then Uncle Deadly comes in. And Uncle Deadly is like very grotesque looking, like gross looking monster. So they <laughs> confuse it for the hideous monster at first. And he's like, no, I'm the beautiful assistant. <gasps> um, but trouble is looming because um, when it reaches midnight, um, the his master will turn into a screaming, maniacal, demonic, raging, bloodlusting animal. And then he gets real mean, according to Vincent Price. He's like, Vincent Price says, and then I get mean. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. So he's like, lock me up. Get me to the dungeon. Oh, kinky. Put chains. (laughs) And and basically, like, it's not, it's not, they don't make it in time and the clock starts and basically uncle deadly is like wait something's different he's like what day is it and Fozzie tells him that it's new year's eve and on new year's eve he turns into jack parnell and jack parnell is just like a composer musician and i guess during that i don't really know a lot about jack parnell in particular particular but i guess during that time it probably was a very funny joke this is relevant Um, maybe it was like his gestures are very like Mm. interesting during that so like i'm not sure what what they're referencing in that particular scene but it it's still funny tom dick and harry the three-headed monster they're like we sing we dance no we tell jokes and they can't really decide what they're doing so they they basically like completely bomb their interview (laughs) for their audition for the show. And then Wayne and Wanda, two other characters that have reoccurring acts on the show, they typically do like song acts, like singing acts, but they don't ever succeed at finishing them. So like something always happens to them that like is unfortunate. Um, So they begin to sing uh, Bewitched, uh, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. And during... um, the line where Wanda says bewitched, she literally get turned she gets turned into a uh blue Frankie, Friar oh. Frankie the the hairy monster. Oh. Um and oh. yeah, she literally gets turned into a monster. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Oh my and then uh um uh Wayne finishes out and he's like bothered and bewildered. and then it goes to the panel discussion that they have Mm -hmm. they had like in the first season of the Muppet show they had this like panel where they talked about uh, intellectual things (laughs) and this time they talked about fine dining and they had two guests the best the world's greatest eater and the world's greatest chef Um, and the 
during the whole thing, they're like talking about food and the world's greatest eater just consumes everything on set. Like starting with the hat, like the, the silverware that the chef brings and then the, the chef, like the chef's dish and like, like whole platter and everything that he's serving tray brought it on. And then he eats the chef. And then oh he gosh. fucking eats Kermit. Oh my and Vincent God. Price is like, you have to understand, you do look delicious. Oh. And he starts to like oh. salt and pepper him. Oh. <laughs> so that's funny. Then they have another skit at the dance, which mm-hmm. is like a ballroom scene that they do pretty yeah. much every other episode. Um, and this one is like a really monster filled. It's got... Um, at the beginning, it's like a bunch of ghouls, um, uh, a bunch of ghosts dancing at the beginning, and then they have some ghouls, and then they have Dracula and uh, his victim, and then uh, there's a monster surrounded by bats that comes by. Oh my! And is this like a mix of Muppets and real people? No, no, is they're it? all Muppets. They're all yeah, Muppets. they're all Muppets, oh, and they're shit. all just like making like short gag jokes during That's all sick. of this. Yeah. Yeah. And um at the end of that they then go back to the back uh stage where there's two ghosts seeing I'm looking through you and there's just like they they're so cute honestly like look at how these ghosts look. Oh my Are they goodness. like cute? Are they just oh, so cute? I love them. And they're just like singing a little song and it's just like wholesome and cute whatever. Oh. I love it. Um and Fozzie at one point like wanders on the backstage and sees the spirits and like runs away terrified and like throws a whole <laughs> bunch of papers up. And it's really cool for that time because it's like layered, you know, yeah. you can tell that it's like layered. Wow. You can tell that the ghosts are like a different layer over top the background that Fozzie's walking around in. And right. it's interesting for that time. Um we then go to the talk spot with Vincent Price. Um and uh Kermit is inquiring on a on how he turns into a vampire so easily. Uh-huh. And uh, Vincent was saying that it takes like years and years of hard work and very meticulous um, training and everything. And then Kermit um, Im- immediately pans to Kermit who has vampire teeth <laughs> <laughs> and then promptly bites Vincent Price on the neck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> then they have a, a Muppets news flash. Uh-huh. And the newsman comes in and reports that furniture is tur- are turn uh, is turning into monsters. Oh, okay. And a man at home is watching his TV, like watching the TV, uh-huh. and like watching the news flash. And then all of a sudden, all his furniture starts changing and starts uh-huh. to chase after him and eat him. His TV ends up eating him at the end. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like talking houses skit but the this is the only skit in the whole episode that doesn't relate to the spooky theme which is interesting um then at the very end um vincent uncle deadly and then all of the um muppet monsters essentially sing you've got a friend um and not like you've got a friend in me but um there's one part of the song that just goes Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you gotta do is call. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Um, and then at the end, um, Kermit, uh, you know, comes out 
welcomes Vincent Price. He's like, can I, can I give you a hand? And Vincent, Vincent's like, well, let me give you one. And he like gives him a fake hand. <laughs> Spooky. I've done that many a times. Handed you a fake hand. Said, do you need, need a hand? hand? <laughs> <laughs> it literally is so good. Dude. Jim Henson popped off with those Muppets. He really didn't need to to go that, go that hard, hard, but he did. I bet he did. And I'm so happy that he did. I'm so grateful he did. Honestly. Oh, so here's something interesting I just found. So mm-hmm. the end of the House of Horror sketch that I mentioned, there was a punchline that was altered. So on New Year's Eve, the master is supposed to turn into uh, Guy Lombardo. But since the audience for the show was primarily American, um, they replaced it with ATV band leader Jack Parnell. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Nice. Love it. Wow. All right, then. Iconic. Yeah, it really is iconic. I gave my rating within the first sentence, so... (laughs) (laughs) Iconic. Slapped it the seal of approval on it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Gary. All right. Last one. Last one. My last one, my favorite on my list, um, is from Gravity Falls. The episode is called Summerween. It's season one, episode 12. It came out October 5th. 2012. So. 2012? Yes. 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, 2012. <laughs> well, that's like an advanced year. <laughs> I'm in the future. <laughs> I came out way in the future. Like, yo, great, 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 great. I'm in the future, yo. Great, 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 <laughs> great grandson. So, if you haven't seen Gravity Falls, it is about a set of twins, Dipper and Mabel Pines. They are sent to live with their great uncle, their grunkle, Stan, for a summer in the weird and mysterious town of Gravity Falls, Oregon where monsters actually seem to exist. And strange things go bump in the night. Is Gravity Falls a real place? I don't know, honestly. Hmm. But the show is really cool. So basically the show opens and they're in a store. It looks like a Halloween store. But Mabel... And Dipper are with Seuss, who is, like, their Grunkle Stan's, like, assistant or janitor or whatever. He works in the gift shop that their Grunkle owns. Mm-hmm. And Seuss is just, like, always there. And he tells them that, basically, the town of Gravity Falls wanted to celebrate Halloween twice a year. So they created Summerween. And in July, they carve melons instead of pumpkins so they have jack-o'-melons that's amazing i know yeah and they do trick-or-treating i have a halloween decoration 
that is a pumpkin jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Or sorry, not a, a melon. A melon jack-o'-lantern. I'm sorry. A jack-o'-melon. But jack-o'-melon. It literally is that. And I yeah. love it so much. It's so cute. Yeah. I know. I love it. I love that they have Summerween, that they were just like, this town, it was like, more Halloween, please. And they do it every year. So they're getting ready. They're getting dressed up. And Mabel is like, oh, my God, her and her brother always do twin costumes. And uh, they're so excited. Well, Mabel's excited. Dipper, however, has, there's an older girl, Wendy, who he wants to impress. And who is basically like his summer crush. And Wendy tells him, like, oh, trick-or-treating is for, like, little kids. And so he doesn't want trick or treat anymore. Once she says that, he's like, "Nah, Mabel, I'm finna dip. I'm gonna go to a Halloween party instead because I'm My so cool." My name's Dipper, and I'm about to dip. <laughs> when I dip, <laughs> you dip. We dipper. <laughs> I live up to my name. <laughs> okay. My mama ain't named me Dipper for nothing. So. <sighs> Dipper, I'm dipping. Before he's getting ready to leave, Seuss starts to tell them about the Summerween trickster. Okay. Who basically exists if children do not have Summerween spirit. The Summerween trickster will eat them alive. Oh, shit. But Dipper's like, nah, that's dumb. I don't care. And so he's sorting through the candy that they bought at the store earlier, and he's throwing out loser candy. Because he's like, this is candy for losers. No one eats this. It's like the the gross, like, old people candy. He's just, like, tossing it out. And... It's probably doorbell- those strawberry candies. <laughs> probably, yeah. And butterscotch. So the doorbell rings, and... Dipper goes to answer it, and it's like a fucking monster at the door. But Dipper just thinks it's a trick-or-treater, and he slams the door. He's like, we're not giving out candy right now. And Mabel's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? And they ring the doorbell again, and then Dipper slams the door on it again. And then the monster busts into the fucking house. And it's pissed. It's so mad at Dipper. And it's fucking terrifying also. And basically the monster tells him, you need to bring me, I believe it's like 500 pieces of candy by the last time the last jack-o'-melon goes out. Or I will eat every single one of you alive. That sucks. And then he's like, and I'll prove it too. And he fucking picks up a kid and like a random kid that always gets the fucking shit end of the stick in these episodes and fucking eats him alive. Poor kid that always gets the shit end of the stick. There's always one. There's always one. So basically the rest of the episode, Dipper is like trying to go back and forth between getting the candy And trying to go to the party because he wants to be cool with Wendy. And then Mabel's like, why are you being a fucking dick? Like, we always do this together. She will literally get eaten. And she's just like, let's just go trick-or-treating. Let's all get the candy. Let's work together. 
And Dipper's just like, I'm just trying to get this fucking over with so I can go look at a hot girl. And eventually, I don't even remember what happens, but their candy, like, falls off a cliff. All the candy they spent the whole night collecting, it gets fucked up. That sucks. Yeah, so obviously, Dipper's in a fucking panic. And then... <laughs> um. So the trickster arrives because obviously they didn't meet the quota. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> suddenly Seuss comes out of nowhere, and he drives his truck through the monster, and it smashes into candy. The monster does. Yeah. Oh my god. It breaks apart into like a million pieces of candy and it reassembles and they're just like, the monster like regenerates and it just gets uglier and uglier like each time. And then (laughs) it's revealed to be the fact that the Summerween trickster is made up of that loser candy. It's the, the butterscotch candy. It's an accumulation and of the strawberry candy of all of it. A fucking mass, a mass of just monster candy, literal monster candy. That's crazy. And they're all just like, "What the fuck are we gonna do?" But Seuss is like, "I love this candy," and proceeds to eat the Summerween trickster. From the inside out. Damn. It's kind of metal. Yep. And, of course, Grunkle Stan's thing through this whole episode is like, Oh, I just want to be able to scare somebody. I can't scare anyone. No one's scared of me. And then the kids come home and he's like, in like uh, a robe and they scream and he's like yeah I still got it <laughs> and Grunkle uh, Stan explains um, at the end of the episode that Summerween isn't about candy or scaring others but a night to celebrate pure evil and then it ends with Seuss being like I ate a man alive tonight wow yeah literally <laughs> like literally <laughs> Dude, Gravity Falls was ahead of its time. Awesome. I, I It wasn't long. There's not a lot of Gravity Falls to watch, but that shit's good. Yeah. Like, and it's dark, too. Like, it was also, like, a really big night, um... When it premiered, it was 3.478 million people watching it that night. That's cool. So, like, that's crazy. This is the different stages of the Summerween trickster. So, the top one is what he looked like when he came to the door. And then the second one is when he started getting pissed off. And then the last one was when he was the giant candy monster conglomerate. Honestly, like, the thing is, though, 
he's the most terrifying in the first picture. Yeah, I know. I think that also was something that was like the first one was the spookiest and then it just got stupid. Yeah, it just got like cartoon monstery. Yeah. <laughs> this teeth are just candy corn. Yeah, but the first picture was genuinely creepy. Yeah. That's how he came to the door originally. No, thanks. I would have slammed the door on that bitch, too. The fuck do you mean? I'm Open like, the door eh, back eh. with my rifle in my hand. Yeah. Literally I don't own do. a rifle. Yeah. No. Spookiness? Mm-mm. So. But. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, are we rating these individually on a scale of one to five, or are we rating these best to worst episodes in our opinion i did each i did i rated both rated both yeah i did individual rating and then i rated them overall my least to my most favorite honestly i mean we can do that too okay one shoot okay yep you want to go first um you can go first Okay, I'll start by ranking them individually. Mm-hmm. So, for Phineas and Ferb, uh-huh. that's the spirit. I rated it 4.5. That was pretty solid. That uh-huh. was had some funny bits. Uh-huh. I like Phineas and Ferb. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I love Perry the Platypus. Yeah. Um, and for Recess, I rated it 3.5. Kind of a yawn. It was okay, though. Mid. Yeah. That didn't really... It is like... The show itself was kind of a yawn. Because, yeah. And it just didn't do well. Yeah. For Sweet Life, also rated that 3.5. Yeah. Fair. Probably, it was probably good when I was younger, but... Yeah. It probably didn't age well. The best thing about that episode is Esteban. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, Amphibia... Rated that a five. Sounded really good. Terrifying. So spooky. Um, did also give me Gravity Fall vibes, which I rated also five. So, in my opinion, though, storyline wise, my least favorite was Recess. Mm-hmm. Then, um,. Number four would be Sweet Life and Zaka Cody, mm-hmm. Ghosts of Six One Three, and then Phineas and Ferb's That's the Spirit. Then is number three. Mm-hmm. Then number two is Amphibia, The Shut In, and then number one, Gravity Falls, Summerween. That's fair. I like Gravity Falls a lot. I have I've only seen like maybe three or four episodes, but I know enough about the characters to know that that episode sounded really good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, well, so individually, I gave the Kim Possible episode a three. Fair as fuck. Yeah, probably would have given it a two. <laughs> it. I mean, it's like it took it's a lot nostalgia, of nostalgia. Like yeah. I said. It's, it's for nostalgia, but it took um, just, like, a lot of ideas from Pinocchio, I felt like. There, yeah. there wasn't a lot of originality. No originality. And it 
like I said, wasn't even that Halloween-y. Yeah. It literally was just because it was on Halloween that all of right. that was a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. And then The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. I gave that one a 4.5. I fucking love that show. That episode was hilarious. Dude, I love it. That's just so good. I, but the thing is, is I know the pacing of that episode is probably also a lot. It is pretty fast paced. Yeah. But. Because a lot of those episodes are like that. But it's like, a lot of it is like that slapstick humor. Yeah. And then you don't have to follow every single bit of that. Right. But, it, you know, the pacing of the actual episode itself is pretty, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, number three. I'm sorry. Yeah, your number three was dinosaurs. Um, and I gave that episode a five. It really is good. Yeah. Um, Bear in the Big Blue House, also a five. It really is good. <laughs> and the Moba Show, Vincent Price, I also gave a five. <laughs> it is so good. They're so good. They're all so good. Um, so then, obviously, number five for me, um, my least um, well Is Camp Possible. Is Camp Possible. Um, and number four is the Wonderful World of Mickey episode. Number three goes to Dinosaurs. Um, number two is actually the Muppet Show for me. Um, and then number one is Bear in the Big Blue House because it just on Halloween, on oh, Halloween, we're going trick or treating, we're going trick or treating, we're wearing scary costumes for everyone can see. But it's just like, like that's kind of the kind of stuff that I'm like, I'm gonna want to show my kids. Yeah, hell and yeah. Like, there's something about it that, like you can watch it even as an adult and still have such a vast appreciation for it that it just makes it more meaningful I think for me so yeah yeah that's it was good vibes all around yeah that was a good time a little spoopy a little, little not so spoopy a little not so spoopy <laughs> <laughs> I love how like all of mine are just like <laughs> yeah. kind of like woo in quotations <laughs> yeah and yours are like woo, <laughs> yeah but mine are just like vampire vampire weekly weekly well everyone like we said we'll be putting all of our photos on instagram and make sure you follow us on spotify give us a nice little rating um subscribe 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 or we will haunt you follow us our tag is the sequel channel <laughs> satellite ghost is so fun yeah. well you guys I'm Rissa and I'm Midgie and you've been listening to The, the Sequel Channel, Channel.
Bye. Bye. See you real soon.